And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Oh my gosh. Well, Danny, I have to say, first and foremost, I had a blast on your podcast, Off the Cuff. Me too. Really the people that, the fun. The people that edit it loved it too. So that's oh, the well, most important thing. Let me tell you, validation is everything to me. So <laughs> if someone said that they liked it, I'm pretty much at their disposal, which is embarrassing. Um, so what else did your people say about me? Like they loved me on your podcast. They thought I was funny. Yeah, like, they, were like, <laughs> they were like, she's awesome. And I was like, 100%. she's a narcissist. She's, she's obnoxious. Well, I, think, I think that's why I think that's why we click so well. Oh, the narcissism. It's, that's what works. Yes. Yeah, the bipolar and then the narcissism. So once bipolar, maybe, but here, narcissism, that's number one. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what I'm looking I mean, forward to. Like, that's what I love. 100%. You've had this podcast now for a bit, but you had a podcast before that that's really where you kind of set off, you know, your, your career, right? Yeah. yeah so um, back in 2013, before uh, the podcast, um, do you remember the Vine app? Were you on there? I was not on the Vine app. I was on the TikTok during the embarrassing pandemic times when I thought I was dancing really sexual and my husband was like, this is embarrassing. Um, yeah, yes, yeah. that's what I was on, but I was not on during the Vine app. So, so <laughs> I'm going to get into that too. I think that's a, a, a good topic for us to talk Ooh, about. Ooh, I but, love it. Um, uh, See, but, this is what's uh, fun me, about doing it with another host is because we get to interview each other. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's my like, job oh, yeah, this so isn't easy. My show. Yeah, yeah. I, I just forgot this isn't my show. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. There's narcissism <laughs> right there. Um, but uh, on the Vine app, I guess in like 2013, I made this song called Let Me Suck Your Titties. No. Like, um, <laughs> Where was the inspiration? So, Your mother? Like, what was the inspiration behind um, this? It, it, it was, uh, hey, I don't have a job, so I'm sitting in my room all right. day. Right, so, right, right. Uh, so okay. I did that, and that's how I honestly dealt with a lot of, like, my early, like, depression, honestly. Really? Was making videos. Yes, for sure. Was um, this something that you had alone. done as a kid? Like, I know a lot of, like, for me, for instance, like, as a kid, I was always constantly performing because that was my outlet yes. and my way of, like, being getting that release, right? Because you live, sure. you know, for those of you who are listening, like Danny lives with bipolar disorder as well, um, lives mm -hmm. with bipolar number two. Um, and we can totally get into that and diagnosis and all that. But, you know, just to preface, I, I think that that's a very big outlet for a lot of people is performance with, with mental health. Absolutely. I mean, um, it was my brother, Michael, who I do my podcast with now, um, was very big into like video cameras as a kid oh wow which was which was like you know you always need like one of those weird like uh older <laughs> like like a sibling or an older family member that yeah. just loves cameras yeah so i was an only child so i made my mother do it <laughs> yeah but i'm sure they filmed you all the time and yes. then you were in front of a camera at what like seven oh, like literally like one month old i was performing that's what i'm yeah, saying right. so you've been you've right. been a star since you came out right you know I came I mean? out singing and dancing. So, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. you were very, very developed in terms of I want to be in front of a camera right, right now. Right. Baby. Right. You uh, know, what's interesting, though. How, you know, the brothers, um, 
Neve Shulman, and I'm trying to think what his brother's name is, but they uh, did Catfish. Ariel, is that his name? And they did Catfish. And I always yeah. thought about that because always one of them was like performing. The other one always had a camera. Like, I always think that must have been so cool for them as brothers to be able to like experience that together. And it looks, sounds like it's what you and your, your brother did. Yeah. So my brother got to a million followers on there. I was like 600,000. Yeah. We like, we were like Whoa. big idiots on the internet for a long time. Like I've been doing this almost 10 years. How does that Sorry, happen? My dogs are killing each other. Your dogs are the cutest things in the entire hey. world. How yeah, did they're, you they're get into like, how does one even get to a million followers? Like I'm on a good day at like one tenth of that. And that's like on a great day. How do you the, go viral? <laughs> I think um, in terms of going viral, there's two things. Uh, a good friend of mine once told me uh, there's a lot of people that have viral viral moments, but they're not like equipped to stay viral and like keep going viral. Oh, interesting. Right, right, right. So it's like, are you prepared to be viral? Which is like a, a it sounds never very, heard of that you before. know, in this. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like being prepared to like stay viral and go viral. So like, and be able to create the content. Something that was, yeah, you just have to keep pumping it out. Like, and a lot of it's a little bit of luck. Like, people don't think like, right. you know, there's millions of funny people out there in the world. There's millions of talented people out there in the world. Sure. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of it is just honestly like believing, believing, yeah, in yourself, but right. also believing what people are telling you. Right. In the right. moment, like as you're as you're going. So you're saying because like you listen to you the audience, up. you listen to them being like, I think that your like titty video is really funny. Can you do one on butts? Like and you're like, OK, yeah. on it. Like, so it's all about yeah. listening to the audience. Interesting. It was it, it was it's like it's very uh, instrumental and detrimental at the same time. Right. Because like now I'm just listening to strangers tell me what to do. And this right. is weird. Right. 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 But uh, then we were doing that, and then the Vine app went away, mm. and then I had to go back and get a regular job, which well, I Were really you making money off a, the Vine app? Yeah, yeah. So we would do, like, ads for, like, we would do six-second clips for companies and stuff. Like, That's I did so ads for wild. the NFL, NHL, Budweiser. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so they were just throwing money back then. Wow. Gosh, yeah, those throw were the it days. over here. <laughs> I know, I know. So we were doing that, and the Vine app shut down. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I was not responsible with money, and I spent, like, all of my money. Shit. Well, and that's also uh, a bipolar ne- thing, you know? Yes. Very yeah. impulsive. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I was never able to own these things. So I'm going to do it now. Yeah. My, I'm going to do it now. So I did that, and I thought that Vine would be around forever, and then I had to go back and get a regular job. And uh, that caused a lot of depression for me, too, because uh, I worked at a, at a group home for oh, troubled wow. children. Wow. And I used to, yeah, I used to escort them from their classes, make sure they didn't get in trouble, like, going back and forth. How and, did you uh, get into that? Well, I just, I, so when I was a kid, I always worked with kids. Yeah. Like, from 13 to, like, 22. Wow. Like, around that age. Uh, I always worked with children. I taught kindergarten kids how to swim. Uh, oh my gosh! I was a, yeah, I was a camp counselor, a football coach, a basketball coach, a, uh, a tennis coach. So I worked with kids forever, and I really thought that that was my calling. Like I was right. gonna be like a phys ed teacher and just like you know, right, 
Right. Cash you love you love teaching children. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love working with kids. I love yeah. working with kids. Um, I really, really was good at it. Um, but the thing that I was not good at was I still had a lot of maturity issues oh. in terms of I was not diagnosed at this point. Uh, I had a lot of um I had a I've had a very hard time listening to the people above me. Right about how to do my job better. Right. So I was very immature in that sense. Mm. And even with children, when you work with children, uh, I'm, I'm sure you've worked with uh, child actors at this point. Sure, but not like you, no. Yeah, so it's like when you work with children, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Like I commend anyone who's a teacher or yeah. a counselor or a social worker, the job is very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, and it was very hard for me to just be like, you know, I really don't have the chops to do it because I'm extremely emotional. Right, 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 so, right. So the, I would see people at my job when I was working at the group home and they would just be like, dude, aren't you that dude like from Vine? Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Wow. So people were recognizing so, you. Yeah. And they were Did like, they think like, why, like do you, why do you work here? Yeah. That's what I was about and to was say. Like, like they were probably like, like, it was like an ego destruct, like where you're like, oh shit, it's, it's that failed, failed actor, failed life moment, you know? That's what, it, that's what it was. And I was Fuck. like wearing like the whole, like, you know, uniform to like, make sure they knew I worked there. So it's like, I couldn't even be like, no, nah, like I'm visiting like my little right, brother. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Like couldn't I couldn't even, even do yeah, anything. Yeah. I was caught. So they were just like, dude, like, what are you doing here? And I remember specifically one kid got in and when he sat down, he was like, dude, what are you doing here? And I was telling him like, what was going on? He was like, dude, you got to like go back and do something like you're mad funny. Like wow. what you're doing right now, like, like you can't be doing that. And the right. kid was like 14. Isn't it true how kids and I mean, obviously you've worked with so many of them. They, they have such a light to them and such a, you know, a brilliance to them. And this like existential, like, Oh my God, it's, this is what it is. And you're like, Whoa, it, it has its simplicity. It's just like, wow. Yeah. Like this is what you're good at. Why aren't you doing it? Yes. And it took a 14 year old to really tell me like, yo, dude, like you got to believe in yourself a little bit. Aww. Like, you know, and I was like, dude, I was like, that's awesome. But this is also a group home for troubled kids. So like, this is the same kid that like told me to like suck his dick. <laughs> like during a break, like during a fight. So like these, the kids were troubled kids. They begin to fights all the time. They sound they fun. Their issues. Yeah. So, you know, I was breaking up a fight one time and he was like, yo, Mr. Mr. Lowe, like, suck my dick. No, no. And I was just like, oh, my God. All, like, the Italian Puerto Rican blood in me was just, like, boiling. I was like, please don't beat up this 14 -year -old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can't go. Uh, I can't get in really this home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And then, like, a week later, he was like, yo, bro, like, I saw you on the internet and shit. Like, you're mad funny. Like, why are you doing this? Wow. Like, you should be doing something else. He's like, if you're really good at something, do it. And then I was like, wow, this 14-year-old that told me to suck his penis a week ago is giving me really good advice. And you're like, I'm going to talk about this on a podcast <laughs> 10 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I always really attribute it to that kid being like, wow. yeah, dude. Like, Did you ever keep yeah, in contact and, with him? Do you know where he is? Uh, uh, I kept in contact with him until he, like, aged out of the program. And then, like, right. they, they bounce all over the place. Like, right. that's a whole nother, like... Right thing yeah. that you know they don't treat the kids great when they get out of there but uh for me i really always kind of think back to those times of being like 
you know, you allowed yourself to get here. You have to learn from it and, you know, try and make yourself, you know, put yourself in a position to be successful and in a, right. in a mindset to be successful, which the mindset's more, almost more important than the skill set sometimes. Right, right, you know? right, right. Because there's a lot of people that, quote unquote, aren't talented, right? But yep. they work 10 times harder than anybody. So hard work's a talent. I, I I'm telling says. you, hustle is everything. I am a firm believer in hustling. I can tell you right now, I may not be the most talented podcaster, but I hustle my shit on this show and I put all my energy, everything into it. And, and I think that you have to, you know, I think you truly, you truly do have to put the effort and the energy into it too. And look, it is luck sometimes, right? There are shows where you're just like, or, yeah. or famous people and you're like, they're not talented. They're not funny. Like, how did this happen? You know, and they're lazy or they're assholes, which is a lot of the case. But the yeah, ones I'm, that I'm do sure. show up and hustle, you know what I mean? Honestly, it works. It's an admirable. It's really, it's just a really admirable trait. And uh, I really do get that from my mom. Like my mom is just like a super hustler. My dad's a little more laid back, like, kind of like nine to five like right. leave his work at work and you know my mom is always like all right so how are we going to make this happen right how are we how going to make this work right um and for and for me I, i'm happy that i'm a perfect blend of both of them but i could be more like one i could be really lazy one day right. and then like really inspired the next right. day right 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 so you know uh You're so like, i well. have that, like that little blend but that's and then good I started doing a podcast yeah, then I started doing a podcast with my uh, my buddy Joe Santagato, and then you know, for me, and and is, and is Joe was, was he on Vine as well? No, Joe is a YouTuber. He has like two million subscribers, and uh, Danny, I'm not so like I was, said, I'm not Gen Z. I don't know YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like he, so he he was a big deal on on uh, on YouTube on the YouTube uh, so <laughs> on the two on the tube you. So he was very big on the tube you. And he gave me a job just to like be an intern, help around his office. Cool. And then, yeah. And then he put me in front of a camera and he was like, dude, I fucking hired you for the wrong goddamn job. Wow. Like, what the fuck? And he, wow. and he knew who I was from like my internet presence, but he was like, oh shit. He was like, what the fuck? Like this kid's killing it. Right, so like, right, right. we're going to put you in front of the camera. So right. we started co-hosting uh, a show called the basement yard uh, for two years and then, uh, you know, uh, we ended up, we, we didn't break up. It's just, uh, I wanted to do some other stuff. I wanted to work with my brother and, you know, yeah. um, we had a very admirable, you know, separation. And then, you know, that was something that helped launch me into this thing where I'm actually self-sufficient for like the first time in my life. Huh. And, and by self-sufficient, I mean, like I'm able to take care of myself financially uh physically mentally um and i had to go through a lot of bad shit for that to happen right. but i had to actually learn that to not take advantage of all the good shit i had too right 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 you know like um I, i've been blessed enough that you know that my family was able to keep me out of bad neighborhoods you know i was a i was I was a bad kid growing up. You know, I was in trouble a lot. I did not do well in school. Um, what does bad I mean to you, though? Like drinking. Uh, you know, I, I was drinking at 13, which is not right. a good age to be drinking at. Well, you were numbing um, yourself. Yeah. 
yeah i was numbing myself like um i, I i'm a child of i'm one of five right my brother had a kid at 16 uh my other brother michael was uh diagnosed with tourette's around 13 wow. 14 so that was a lot for my parents to deal with wow um i have i have a, a sister i have two sisters one who's adopted um and she was going through a hard time with her identity as well uh around the same time and i was the guy that just played football and like I, they were like all right we got one normal one you were like oh he's you normal know? like let's just put him out in, in the backyard and like let him do like raise himself like kind of a thing pretty yeah. much yeah pretty much and that's kind of what so you felt like very lonely life. probably and that's why you were close with All your brother time. always performing and yes. doing that wow that, that that very much so and that's one of the things that really caused me to start feeling i always call them like grown grown-up feelings yeah because i didn't know how to like I didn't know how to explain them to right. myself as a kid, you know? Right. So I was just like, what are these feelings of like numbness and yeah. sadness? What yeah. is this stuff? You what know? And I felt it at a very young age because I started, you know, uh, I started way too early in life in terms of like se sexuality, um, drinking, drugs, being disobedient. All this stuff happened very, very early in my life, and it really set me up for a lot of failure yeah. at a young age. Yeah, that's what I was going to so say. I, yeah. I, so I let myself down a lot at a young age. But when I was feeling like this is cries for help are real. So it was oh, a, yeah. lot of my, a lot of my acting out was, you know, when I would throw a, a garbage can through a window at school, like, why am I doing that? Like, there's something going on there. But I was from an era, and you are too, where this stuff wasn't really spoken about in schools. Oh, not at all. Uh, you know? So they would always try to uh, evaluate me, like do a mental evaluation. I wish I let them do it. But I, back then, if you went and got mentally evaluated, everybody thought you were a maniac. Oh, yeah, and they'd say, you know, put like, you in the loony bin and you'd be, yeah, yeah. Or you'd be yeah, a bad they, well, kid or you'd go to juvie or, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then they also, it's like, oh, you kids like have some problems. We're all, we're going to stick you in one room in the basement so everyone could walk by and laugh at you. Right, right, right. And you just so wanted that's to where, fit that's in. Where my head is. I know. You just yeah, wanted to fit so in. Yeah. So I was like, no, man. They, we had this thing called the resource room. What was that? And that was res resource was for like kids with, you know, uh, with with learning disabilities uh -huh. or kids with emotional distress and, uh, you know, mental mental health issues. But they sent them all to the same room and thought they were all the same kids and the people just be bouncing off the walls. <sighs> and that's the thing, right? So, it's like it's so different. Every single person, every single person's yeah. issue. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this one's like bipolar. I didn't know it was bipolar at the time. They were right. like, this one's bipolar. And uh, this one has ADD. Let's just like let them hang out. Yeah. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Like, and like we had to like we had to like help each other like in those situations. Wow. Like, Did you meet I a lot of kids in that resource room that you felt like a, an emotional connection to because you guys were all going through the same thing? Or were you like, oh, I'm not fucking crazy. I'm not like them. Like, all, you know, what was kind of the. Well, it was. 
listen everybody has a little bit of like mental health denial sure. from time to time sure <laughs> you know but like uh have you ever Myself seen included. Uh, like <laughs> yeah yeah of course it's like yeah but you guys got it way worse you, you know guys are I mean? way worse than i am i don't have to do this yeah yeah exactly yeah, and, I'm, and i'm over here throw, like setting garbage cans on fire yes. like nothing's wrong <laughs> uh but but uh i always like describe myself though in that situation like uh like jack nicholson in cuckoo's nest yes what a brilliant, you know what I mean? like brilliant one flew over the cuckoo's nest yep so it's like oh like i could do something here right 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 i could be the leader of them right right you know what i mean right, so right. i could be in that's charge. where I'll, yeah. yeah i could be in charge i i've always had like leadership qualities i was the captain of the football team uh you know i played three sports um, so you took I, this I as wanna... an opportunity. You were like, I see oh, what to, I yeah, could do to with sharpen this. my skills. <laughs> the narcissism and sociopathic incredible. tendencies. Incredible, incredible. So I was able to. I was able to. You know, be captain of the football team. I won a peer mentor award. So like, wow. I had lead. I had leadership qualities, but it always came back to how do I make somebody else like me? Yeah. So I don't have to put the work in and like myself that much. You needed the validation. I, I never really liked myself as a kid. Yeah. Because I always felt that I wasn't good enough or I wasn't smart enough or I was very afraid to fail as a child. Yeah. And I said, if I can make this other person laugh and be happy, I don't really have to worry about what's going on with me. Right. And, uh, you know, when it came to being diagnosed with bipolar, I didn't find out till my late 20s. Right. Right. Like me. I mean, that's what's so wild is is how it was not diagnosed. And we were put in we were both in situations where it could have been, I guess, because we had seen doctors and therapists and stuff like that. But it was not, you know, see, pointed see. out. No, see, I never saw a therapist until my late 20s. What, oh. I saw was, oh. what I saw was a youth counselor who told me to focus. Oh, that's Did, what oh, I saw. That's all the problem was. You just needed to focus. Yeah, it was just like, you know, maybe it's and to and to that person's, you know, sure. um, you know, credit, yeah. Yeah, to their credit. You know, they did put me in smaller classrooms, so I did flourish in the classroom there because I just didn't have as many people to, like, try and make laugh and be an idiot. Right. But uh, I was able to uh, actually get, you know, back into school and graduate on time and, and do all that stuff I had to do. But there was still a lot more there that was going on, you yeah. know. Um, and, they, you know, they, they said I, they wanted to say I had ADD or, you know, ADHD, but I was so afraid to get diagnosed because people were going to make fun of me. Yeah. 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 That's, you didn't that's want what that. my thought process was. Right. Right. Is that they're going to put me on Ritalin. Like when we were kids, remember, it was like, everyone oh, he's on was Ritalin. on Ritalin. He's on Ritalin. Everyone was on Ritalin. Everyone was on Ritalin. Yeah. And I refused to take it. I said, no, like, I don't want I don't want to take I don't want to take Ritalin. Right. And my parents didn't know anything about medication. So they were like, we're not just going to like give our kid medication. It's going to like change him drastically. Like he's an asshole, but like he's, cool. <laughs> he's our asshole. He's our asshole. You know? Yeah. No, yeah, no, like, totally. Yeah, like, so it kind of made me like who I was at, at that time. But my thing was I lived through making other people feel well and not caring about my own personal issues. Well, you know what I find you know? so interesting about all of this is, you know, hearing about you were very young when you started, you know, drinking and experimenting and you were well beyond your years, very, very advanced and, you know, wanting to numb yourself and always wanting to perform to, you know, 
very similar. I understand. Like you wanted to perform. So then you got people to like you. So then nothing could possibly be wrong with you. Right. You know, but what I think is so interesting and what's so cool is how you have this thing inside of you that literally wants to be there for other kids in that age. Like, I think that that's what's really special. Like knowing that you, you know, worked with all of these kids that then you did the the tennis and you did the swimming and, you know, football and all of the stuff, wanting to surround yourself. It's almost like, I mean, I'm sure there's like some psychological thing behind it all. There's an analysis behind it, but it's like, you know, you are literally going back to your youth and almost like wanting to redo that part of it to like prove like, hey, look at where I am now and like try to help other kids out. And that's what you're doing. Like whether you know it or not, you are because you can recognize the ones that may need extra help, that may need extra attention, that may need just a friend. And I think that that's something that's missing a lot. And also what what working with kids also taught me to uh, as well is you can't talk to everybody the same. No. You know, like even like in football, like when I was coaching football, uh, there's some kids you can yell at, to, sure. and like you know, and, and the coach like you know, yeah, get it together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go bro, <laughs> yeah, put yeah. your head down, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. let's all get CTE, yeah, yeah. come on, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it's like, and then there's some kids you got to put your arm around and be like, hey, listen, you tried really, yeah, tried really and hard. nurture, we're right. gonna work on, we're gonna work on these things, and we're gonna try and get this going this way. So that's what really helps sharpen my tools in terms of you know uh i think that's why why it help, helps me in podcast hosting is you know there's certain people you could talk to a certain way there's certain people you could talk to this way and totally it really helps me find that uh find out a lot about individuality yeah it really helped me figure you know so yeah our words are very powerful but the, so our powerful. tone is almost more powerful than our words. Totally, because you and I can hear be here sitting and having a conversation and be swearing and being like very Italian and using our hands all the time and yes. like, you know, loud and, and very intense. But there's a lot of people that I interviewed that are very soft-spoken and you have to, yeah. you know, take a moment. And that's just life in general, right? You know, it depends. Yes. You have to be able to read the room, you know, and, and, and figure out it's, who your it, audience is. In an ideal world, I would love to motherfuck everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. But some, some people. But that's not the it's case. Just, yeah, it's just, it's just not the case. So it's like being able to have like all these weird intangible. I always said I was a very intangible person. You know. Yeah. I was very like, uh, like very skilled, but like a master of nothing. You know yep. what I mean? Man, yep. a man of like many uh, traits, right, and right. skills, but right. a master of none. Right, right, you know, right. And when it came to like singing, like making music and entertainment, like every time when I was a kid, people would hear me sing in the hallways, and all of the teachers and like uh, the directors for the school would be like, "I want you to be Danny and Grace." Oh my gosh, you you're this. kidding me! You- yeah, so they were like, "I want you to do all of this," but guess what? I felt to uh, stereotypical jock that's gay. Oh, right, right, right. That's that's in my head. Yeah. At, of at course. 12. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, so my friends can come here and laugh at me for singing and yeah, dancing. Right, right. But I wanted to do it so bad. Really? Oh my gosh, Danny. So oh. Yeah, I know. So do you sing now? My excuse was 
Yeah, I sing all the time. That's oh, like what I people know it. me for. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I sing I sing all the time and like uh I sing, you know, I, I've made songs that have done uh like a hundred million streams on oh Spotify. My gosh, so like yes. So yeah, so like it was able for me to be I was such a slave to like what other people were going to think about me. Well, you wanted to fit in the box. In those moments. Yeah. I wanted to fit in a box, but I wanted to fit in a box that the world told me was cool. Yep. Yep. Play yep. football, hook up with girls, drink yeah. beer, do yeah. this. Be a bro. You know, and it, and be a bro. The, the bro culture 20 years ago was outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. People think it's bad now. It was way worse. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. was gay. That's gay. You're gay. Yeah. So now it's like, I didn't realize that you could do both. Right, right. You know, I, I was like, dude, yeah. I could have been like, you know, a good you football You just wanted to be a like, renaissance man. I really did. Yeah. And all the teachers saw it before me. They were like, oh. this kid is so annoying and never shuts up. But God damn it, he's got some talents. <laughs> you know, and yeah. And they were like, listen, I want you to come and uh, we want you to be in like streetcar named Desire. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not. I'm no. not doing it. But the other thing, but the main thing that it was is I would make excuses for myself because I was afraid to fail. Yeah. Right. You, you know, were a perfectionist. I had a very like yeah. hard time when we, when you were on my show, I, I, I've always said, I commend people that can retain, uh, lines and memorization right. skills. It was always something that was very difficult for me. Right. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I did play Biff in death of a salesman in like Which is seventh great. grade. Which is great. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Superstar. Um, yeah. So, you know, I had some under my belt, but I remember that I was traumatized from that experience because it was so difficult for me to remember lines. Right. And be right. able to, you know, um, I, I caught myself like mouthing a lot of what the other actors were saying. Oh, wow. Like I was, so I was reading the script. Yeah. I was reading the script from start to finish but i was reading everyone's stuff oh my god and oh like god. and no. like the director was like dude what are you doing yeah and yeah. i was just like oh i, I need to do that because i won't remember my line right right oh my god so if they had to say like hey we're, we're going outside right now i would go no you'd mouth your words to it oh my gosh so i was mouthing the other actors script no, and, and Daddy, no. on show night i did well Good. i did well Good. Um, That's all that matters. And yeah, but like I said, a lot of it just comes back to I was just so afraid that people weren't going to laugh with me. They were going to laugh at me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I wasn't able to deal with. And right. I, I lived a lot of my life in fear of what other people thought about me. And I still do from time to time. It's not something that I, that I'm cured of. But, you know, once once. I got to the point where I was like very successful in terms of my life. Right. You know what I mean? From like not working a job that was paying me eight twenty five an hour. Right. You know what right. I mean? And not having to worry about money, not having to worry about, you know, I've always said like financial comfort for me is a check comes to the table and I don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. You right. know, it, it's not like, yeah, I need the biggest cars. I need another Louis bag. I need this. It's just being comfortable being like, Let's I get an Airbnb eat. and I don't have to worry about it. Yep. Yep. And I can eat, you know, yeah. like I, I can just to be just basic needs. Right. You know, and that's what like 
financial freedom and comfort is to me right like i don't need a fucking private jet and shit like what i need is to not worry about like the essentials food right water toilet paper and, and entertainment yep yeah you know like that's what i need yeah so when i got to that point i was like wow this is the greatest part of like point of my life like my life is so fucking awesome yeah. And then I started having panic attacks. Well, I was going to ask you because we talked about on your show that you you openly came out talking about, you know, mental health on someone's on a podcast that you were doing with someone else. Was this the podcast that you were doing with your friend Joe or was this with your brother? Yes. Yes, the podcast that I was doing with my friend Joe. And it was um, that's that when was, you were experiencing these panic attacks. Yes. Wow. Um and a lot of it has to do with too is uh you know i was partaking in alcohol very heavily at the time yeah um i found pretty much every excuse to drink i don't drink well, once anymore. again you were self-medicating uh, you know self-medicating uh i think i've been sober a little over two two years now congratulations um, that's wonderful thank you thank you and um for me it was I would find an excuse to drink like with anything. I'm like, Oh, like the Yankees play the Padres in a regular season game. That doesn't matter. Let's get a six pack and drink. Go for it. Beers. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Right, and I was right. just like, Oh, like the giants play on Monday night. That gives me an excuse to the drink. Sun the sun is week. shining. Give me a beer. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just, it was just my problem has always been. I have to do everything in excess. I was about to say I'm the same way. It's excess. Yeah. If it's food, zero to a hundred, it's yep. really, it's really bad. If, if I'm eating a lot, it's either I'm eating a lot or not eating at all. Yep. You know, I, I, it's just like everything's excess plus minus. Yep. It's always full throttle. Totally. So it was like, all right, I'm going to do alcohol. <laughs> and by the way, I say, I always say do alcohol because somebody said that to me in treatment and I thought it was the funniest shit I ever it's heard. kind of true though. It's like, yeah, I know you do. Cause you want to know what it is. People say it's like drink, like drinking really takes away from like the fact, especially if you have an alcohol issue, you're doing alcohol. And I was like, wow, yeah. I never really thought of it that yeah. way. And it's because a form it's of numbing, right? Like yeah, it, what do you yeah, do to your body to numb your body? Well, you are doing the alcohol. Yeah. I'm doing the alcohol. So I was like, this is kind of cool. I don't think he meant to say it that right, way, right. but I'm going to steal it and make it But I'm going to cool. go with it. Yeah. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. So I was doing the alcohol super hard, and uh, I was also partaking in party drugs such as cocaine. Fun. So when it, yeah. So cocaine <laughs> was awesome. Yeah. And it was terrible. Right. You know, it's like that Dewey Cox scene. It's like, it makes all your bad feelings good. It's a nightmare. I am. You know, I so, have to say the one thing that I'm very proud of myself of is that I don't know if it's that I'm proud of myself, but I'm I'm proud because such as you, I'm a person of excess. Um, yes. I never tried cocaine, and I think that that would have just been my favorite thing in the entire world, probably because oh. I mean it's it's the high of the high. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah. it's that manic with, with manic episode. One? Yeah. With type with type one, you you would have beat like Elon Musk to the moon. Or would I have been? The, a lot of people say this, like, oh, or would you be someone that would be like 
a, it would be like a stoner almost where he would be so quiet and you would go super inward and it would do the opposite effect, you know? So we don't know. I'm happy to never know. Um, I think at this point in my life, I've, I've gotten this far. I I think I'm going to just keep the, keep the dream going of, of being that boring, uh, uh, square. But, um, but it's something that I, I, I have much respect for, for people who, um, are, you know, sober or in the program or whatever, however it is you get there. I, I, I hats off to you because that is, you know, every day is, is a new day, you know? Yeah. And you want, you want to know what it was? Uh, I always say this too, when it comes to like doing things in excess, everyone live your own life. I'm not here to sit on some fucking box and tell you how to like be a better person and shit. Like I can only tell you like what I went through. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and the things that I did in my life just led to bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like not everything has to be like this crazy. Then this is where people like have a hard time resonating. It's like, like where, where's the in between, you know, like not everything has to be like movie drug addiction, you know what I mean? Or like TV show, like, you know, like euphoria, like, you know, like a lot of it doesn't have to go to the extremes for people to be like really in pain. Right. Right. You know, people that are highly functioning. I I, I like to use high functioning, uh, like high functioning, depressed people. Yeah. You know, it's, this is why when stuff like that happens, you go, I I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've had friends uh, take their own life. I've had friends die, um, drug overdose. I've had friends die by accident. Right. Um, I was exposed to death at a young age. And I didn't really realize that just this entire mental health space is such a large spectrum. Oh my God. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, I've met pe- people with, uh, uh, with bipolar one and I've met people with bipolar two. There's a, a support group that I like talk to like on Facebook from time to time, just like people talk about medications they take and how they felt for it. It's everyone just getting their opinions out and uh being able to express themselves um but for me i didn't realize that like everybody's even kind of different even when they have the same condition oh there is not one size that fits all just because you live you know a perfect example of this is i you know when i first started dating my husband you know he had known um people in his life who lived with bipolar disorder, who lived with bipolar one specifically like me. And, you know, I would tell him some of the symptoms that I have, you know, still on medication and like what a manic episode looks like for me or what anger looks like or what rage or like how things come out. And you gotta, give be, him, you gotta give him the bipolar crash course. Yeah, you give a crash course, yeah. you know, and you're like, if this yeah. happens, this is what this is gonna be, you know? But mm-hmm. what was so interesting to me is, because I I had not really known people who lived with bipolar disorder that well. Um, I had known a few people here and there later on in life. But I had said to him, like he had said to me one time, he was like, well, you're not depressed and wanting to like stay in bed a long period of time. Like it's just, I'm so confused because like my friends who live with bipolar one disorder, that's their symptoms. He's like, so you're bipolar, you're definitely bipolar, but like that, so we, and I was like, yeah, because not every person is the same, but I didn't think about that until someone else outside of my life had pointed it out to me that, wow, like we really are so different. Like 
there are similarities, but yeah, I don't have that moment. I haven't had that moment in 15 years where I'm like not leaving my bed because I'm depressed. Like I don't have that. Right. For me, it comes out as like rage and like, you know, like just like a volcano exploding in my stomach, you know, <laughs> like that's what it feels like. Right. You know, yeah. And, and it's like I said, it all reverts back to if I was embarrassed to like be in a streetcar named Desire, I'm yeah. going to be fucking embarrassed after I got my diagnosis. Sure. So I was very embarrassed. And my fiance, um, I didn't tell her until we were like, like two months in dating i was still afraid like you know it's there's just that stigma and you know it's i have a very like love hate relationship with like the mental health social social media space 100 percent, right there with you because like just like any other scam that's ever been ran uh mental health sadly the more awareness it gets the more fucking bullshit that's going to get attached to it Yep, and i think that's so with everything like, you know yeah it's just with everything it comes with the business yep. um you know I, th- I f it's not that i don't like to say that people cry wolf when they have something my thing is is like i really hope you have a diagnosis if you're going to be like popping shit though because right the information is misleading sure right and i think you know, that that um, you know what i always say to people is like when you're ready to share your story like be really 100% ready because you will get backlash from people i mean last week i got an asshole that was tweeting me and was like you're not really depressed you're jumping on this because it's a podcast went out of his way to write me on my email that was on my my website submission for like you know press so you know weird. and like went Why are off so weird well i don't you know it it's 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 not even that they're weird it's like people are sensitive right and it's a that sensitive top and that person is hurting and it's a sensitive Someone topic that person yep yeah. and and the person was like oh you know i live with depression you don't live with depression you don't know what it's like and i was like because a person who was really fucked up couldn't, or really mentally ill couldn't have a podcast. And I was like, yeah, okay. I wish that was true. You know, um, yeah. I know two of us right here, right? Um, yeah, no, no, but, I, but my heart. Technology. Yeah, exactly. But my heart goes out to that person. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I, they're very, they're hurting. I used to get hurting. really mad. Yeah. I used to get really mad. But now, now I'll just be like, yeah, I'll pray for you. Yeah, I pray for you. I send you good energy, you know? I, yeah, I hope like, you, you know, heal. I hope, I hope, I hope whatever you're going through right now changes. And, and I, I hope, hope the words okay. that we then, share, you know, you and I can maybe affect someone. Yeah, that's my thing. Is even when I started my my podcast, my mental health podcast, uh, off the cuff, I said, "Listen, I don't give a shit if I don't make a dime in this like stereotypical like." Because it's, it's like, not hey, about it's like, that, you know, no. and it's not about like how many ad placements I can get. Like, it's not about what that is. Listen, we all let me know tell you, the mental health podcast, they're not jumping to give money to. Let me just tell that to everybody. No, <laughs> no because it's going to be like, you know, and then that's it. All right, let's go to, uh, you know, here's Blue Chew and get your dick hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's a it's a very taboo space. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, still. But the thing that I'm protective of are the people that aren't here anymore to tell their story. And right. 
you know, I'm not saying like this is like, you know, professional wrestling where you have to like do the indies or like, you know, sure. like in acting, like you have to do like a couple like, you know, soap operas before you get a big thing right, or whatever. Right. I'm not saying you have to pay your dues. No. But my thing is if is if you're going to get online and be like, yo, I'm feeling really OCD or I'm feeling very bipolar. I'm like, do you have a diagnosis? Like, yeah. have you spoken to somebody about it? Right. You know, my thing is. Don't give out the science false information. All of this. Don't spread false information because not everybody is as smart as the next person. And by as smart as the next person, I mean, not everybody can see things on a surface level. It's like when you see a, a blatantly fake prank video on the Internet, yeah. right? And then you read the comments and people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. I'm like, right. you guys know this is fucking fake. Right, right. right. Or it's, it's also spreading misinformation and blatantly doing. It. Yes. And also it's also about, you know, beyond even not even being in quote out of quote, having the intelligence to know like what's real and what's not real, but also right. having the resources to know, you yes. know what I mean? That's the thing is resources yes. are so limited thing. in the mental health space that if you're saying like, oh, you do X, Y, and Z and it's going to make you feel better and you don't have access to that, you feel like a failure. And then th that triggers a whole nother like spiral of events, you know, that, that goes on. For sure. As humans, as humans, our brains have the fight or flight system, yep. right? That's the most basic animalistic thing that we have. Yep. It, it ties us to every other species on earth. Uh, a lot of people though, have a very hard time recognizing when their fight or flight is going off. So yep. like, that's what obviously when my panic disorder um, and, and my bipolar, you know, it was something that I had to really learn that everything that we react to is very animalistic yeah it's very caveman cavewoman-ish yeah. it's very yeah, oh, this is how i'm feeling right now oh that's yeah. really cool like you know like it's all based on we don't know why we're feeling certain things at certain times well, and also our mind totally tricks our our body to believe that when we're having a panic attack we're having a stroke we're having a heart attack you know you, oh yeah you, your mouth swells up you can't speak so you you immediately go oh this is a stroke your heart's it's going 100 miles die. a minute that's every time i'm like it's time to die now like i'm gonna this die. is it you know, this yeah. is the moment, you know, and then you feel stupid going into the doctor because you know that it's a panic attack. But what if this one uh, time that it actually is the heart attack? Also, you know how many times this chest has been shaved? <laughs> this is this is the clip I'm using. Yes. Yes. You know how many times a doctor shaved my chest to give me an EKG? And they're and like, guess they're what? Like, You're having a panic, panic attack. attack. Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck. I have an arrhythmia. Yeah. I want to hear it. And they I would do it hear. all the time. Yeah. Yes. I have to see the little squiggly lines that I can't even read. Yes. I and have I to pretend I'm the I'm doctor to know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, is, and, and I truly believe that. What is bradycardia? <laughs> what does this no, mean? No, because what is tachycardia? <laughs> what is that? Ah, uh, it's like, uh, well, I'm like, why is my heart rate so high? And they're like, you're having a panic attack? I'm like, no, I'm having a heart attack, sir. Yeah, sir, you're incorrect. Don't... I know you went to medical school, yeah. but you are incorrect. This yeah, is what, what this is what dying feels like. Yeah. Listen, Harvard boy, I'm having a heart attack, idiot. You know, and, but it's and that's true, right? Through. Yeah, I know, I know. Hell yeah, that's what I went through before I got diagnosed. I went to the ER like 15 times in a row. And I yeah. was like, listen, guys, I'm dying, and you guys are just letting me fucking leave. Did You're you talk about your here? panic attacks, like about the specifics on the podcast with your friend Joe? Oh yeah, so. 
100% and I do attribute it doing cocaine at the time definitely accelerated a lot of this shit. I'm sure. I'm just um, going to say I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh a lot of it had to do with it almost like rewired the way my brain worked. Wow. In terms of like how I dealt with a lot of shit. So my first huge panic attack was I'm sitting with my friend, we're sitting on the couch and just like two bros yeah. do, we're playing video games. Simple, fun. And playing video games and just doing a little tootski and just hanging out, tooting it up and yeah. just being bros and video gaming it up. Now we're a little high and I'm playing the video game and I just feel my heart go, Haka. and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is that? The worst feeling. And I was like, well, all right, whatever. And I'm just like, all right, let's keep playing this game. My heart just went, and I said, why is like my fucking like heart doing like the waltz? This is very strange. Right, right. Very and specific. Like, the waltz, no less. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I'm just like, I take a deep breath and now I'm starting to get fucking scared. Wow. Okay. Listen, for anyone that out is out there that if, that's ever done cocaine, being scared on cocaine is 10 times worse. I, I, because I can only imagine. <laughs> Your brain's already on another planet, yeah. okay? And you're thinking about the existentialism of life and, you know, uh, that you should read more. Yeah. And you're turning the lights on and off 45 times because you're afraid people can hear you. Right, right. The paranoia on cocaine is outrageous. Oh, my God. I can only imagine. And the heightened, like, sense of, like, you know, I could hear a fucking cricket, like, seven miles away just yeah. rubbing their little legs together. So, like, you know, it's just everything's heightened. So I'm, I'm having oh, no. a panic attack. So my heart just starts going crazy. Right. And I don't realize that I'm hyperventilating at the time. So I'm hyperventilating and I'm getting like super paranoid, sweating. And I told my, I told my friend now I'm sweating at this point. My fight or flight is fully going. Yeah. All of my blood is going to my big muscles. I'm getting tingly fingers and shit. Ugh. I tell my friend, I go, yo, you got to take me to the hospital, dude. I think there was something in this cocaine. Like now <gasps> I'm starting to think like there was like, it was laced or whatever. <sighs> and I'm like, yo, like there was something in the Coke, bro. Like I, I got to go to the doctor and I get downstairs and I'm like, yo, hold up. Like, I think I'm all right. Like, give me a second. And I'm sitting there being like, all right, let me, a, a part of me was able to get a grasp on it. Yeah, but it lasted like two seconds because I don't have the coping mechanisms yet in my life to like deal with this. And also I'm right. fucking high as shit. Right. <laughs> so like, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, OK, wait, I'm OK. And then it all came back again. Wow. And my heart was just fucking going like this, bro. I was just <sighs> fucking pumping like a motherfucker. And I could feel my heart beating in my chest. Like now it's like, uh, <gasps> like, you know, have you ever played Mortal Kombat? Uh, sort of, but like, no. Like so I have, like a, but, like, but not like it, enough to be like. They have like these cut scenes where like you punch somebody. And oh, and it it's slow-mo. Like, the slow-mo. And it's like. Like I can see my heart just going like. like oh, I, can I know see you're my talking heart about. Exploding. Yes, yes. Yeah, so like my heart's exploding now. So I'm like, <sighs> all right, I'm going to fucking die. I, I thought I was okay. I'm not okay <sighs> anymore. My friend goes and he takes me to the hospital. And I the first thing I get there and they're like, oh my God, is it your heart? And I go, yeah. <laughs> I just lean over and go, uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god like, i was like oh god shit oh fuck like now they're just like oh man like take his fucking shirt off and like now they're like taking me off and i'm just like uh oh like, my god. A, and they're doing an ekg or whatever and obviously my heart rate's through the roof so like my yeah. ekg is not gonna be normal no, so like they're not. just like oh my god 
And the woman comes over, the nurse, she goes, do any drugs tonight? And I was like, no. No. So I said, no. I said, no. Falls Again, em- em- embarrassed. Yeah. You know? They're like, like a real, like, uh, drug user does. Yeah, yeah. You lie. So yeah. I was just like, okay. Uh, and I was like, nah, man, fuck that, man. I just drank some beers and played Mortal Kombat with my friend. Yeah. And I was just like dying. I was like, but I'm dying, though. And they were like, all right, your EKG is a little abnormal because you're fucking panicking like a motherfucker. So everybody leaves the room and they're running another, they're running another thing. You have to stay very still when you get an EKG. The worst. So they're like, stay still. Cause I'm panicking, moving around. They're like, yo, we can't get a proper reading on yeah, your stuff. Yeah. Everybody like kind of leaves the room and the nurse is there. I just go. Psst. And she comes over. She goes, yeah, I go. I go. I did some cocaine tonight. No! <laughs> and I whispered and I whispered to her. I was like, I got to tell you something. I did some schnaf tonight. I'm sorry. What did she say? <laughs> was she like, like, sir? No. And she said, thank you. Now we know how to deal with you. Yeah. And I was like, what, what the fuck's going on? Or am I going to fucking jail now? Are they going to kill me on purpose? Like, I was oh, like, what's going on? No. They're like, so now I'm tripping out. I'm like, how to fucking deal with me? They're going to call the cops or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, of like, course. And my friend is there <gasps> who I'm doing like cocaine with. And I'm thinking I'm going to die. And I grab him by his shirt and I fucking bring him real close to me. And I just go, you got to go home and clean my apartment. <laughs> so I, I told him, I said, like, yo, if I die here, I don't want the fucking cops to find like cocaine shit. Just be like, yeah, like, oh, I didn't know what he's doing. Oh my God. You are so concerned yeah. about the apartment. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. I, I literally grabbed him and he was like, yo, what's up? What do you need? And I was just like, go back and clean my apartment. And, like <gasps> threw, him, <laughs> threw him away. Oh and like they God. took me back. Like, yeah. And that was your and, first um, panic attack. That was my first panic attack. So they bring me in the back and it's a very busy hospital and I'm just waiting to get treatment. I'm fucking rocking back and right. forth. I'm doing this shit and holding on. But then I'm realizing, I was like, yo, if I was really dying, like motherfuckers would be in here. Yeah, right, right. You know, like they would be like, yeah. you know, paddle, like everything. Sure. Like my my dad has survived a heart attack and I've I've seen like. You've seen how it how happens, right. Serious how serious the treatment is in a hospital because like every second counts so now i'm like what's going on are they fucking calling the cops on me and shit like am i gonna go to jail now you got paranoid yeah and i got paranoid and i was like yo i'm just gonna leave and then something told me they were like i said in that moment i said do not leave this hospital let them figure out what's going on with you Wow. so they came back uh they gave me some liquid ativan and about three minutes later i was offering to be a voluntary nurse on the floor I, no. nothing was wrong no. no so they gave me the liquid ativan and i was like oh, what the fuck is this and i was just like hey do you guys like need help with anything like i'm just oh, chilling here. And then like, true danny came out and then i was like you got and then i got really embarrassed yeah and then i went home and i told myself that i'm not going to drink and i'm not going to do drugs anymore but here's the problem yeah when you stop doing alcohol you do other you things. stop doing drugs cold turkey you lose your fucking noodle. Yeah, of course, because you need an outlet. That's what happened to me. I can only yeah. speak from my experience. Right, right. But I stopped drinking cold turkey and I stopped doing drugs cold turkey and my fucking mind went nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, the panic attacks were crazy. The alcohol helped me suppress sure. a lot of the panic and anxiety of that course, I had. Of course, it's a numbing mechanism. Yeah. So when I stopped that cold turkey, my brain was firing, like looking for these pieces of GABA and fucking yeah. serotonin to yeah. cling on to and, yeah. it, and it couldn't touch it or grab yeah. it and shit. Yeah. So I was just like, oh my God, this is so terrible. Like what is going on? And it got to the point where I was having panic attacks 
every day, multiple times a day. Couldn't shower, couldn't poop, couldn't pee, couldn't talk to people, couldn't go to work. Well, you Um, were you were completely like paralyzed, like from from paralyzed. I had to move back in with my parents for like a month. Like it was very very bad shit, and. At all this time, I'm I'm not diagnosed. I'm still not diagnosed. I'm just having these fucking panic attacks. I'm going to the hospital, getting all this yeah. work done, brain scans, heart scans, butthole scans. I'm having them check everything. everything yeah, every I know. Corpus, because you never know. You're like, there's something wrong. What is it? You know? Yeah, there's something wrong. My dad has had heart attacks. My uncle died of one. So now I'm just like, I'm going to be that one unlucky fuck in his 30s that's going to have one right. and die now. Right. So... Uh, one day it just got really, really bad. And I was just like, I really can't fucking live. I can't live like this yeah. anymore. Like, uh, the person I was seeing at the time, I, I was like, I'm going to wait for them to leave. I'm going to hug my dog one last time. And I lived on the 11th floor of a building. And I said, I'm, uh, this is it. I'm, uh, we had a terrace. I said, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to wait for them to leave. I'm going to like write it. I'm going to write a note and I'm going to fucking jump off of this fucking thing because i can't live in this pain like this anymore and it was so fucking brutal that it was so again it all goes back to embarrassing i'm a hindrance on my family now my parents don't know what to do with me uh my partner at the time had no idea what to do with me i didn't know what to do with me i couldn't work i couldn't do anything i said my life has no meaning now i said i just don't want to feel this anymore yeah. i just want to i just want to fucking die i just you point. just didn't want to feel I, I, anymore that's it it's yeah, as simple I said, as I'm that gonna let everybody else i'm gonna let everybody else have a fucking break and even in my head i'm justifying like you know it'll take some time but like they'll get over it but yeah then you I thought you thinking, were doing like, them a favor yeah yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to do everyone, everyone in here a favor. Going back to me wanting to service everybody else for servicing myself. Right. I said, I'm going to make everybody feel better, including myself. So I'm I'm doing this. I'm in the midst of like getting prepared to fucking do this. Um, And I just said, listen, let's hold on a second. <laughs> I literally told yeah. myself that in the moment. Right. I said, okay, wait, hold up. Wait a second. It's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. It's a very big commitment, Danny. Yeah. And I was just like, I understand. And I was like, I'm, I'm literally talking to myself at this point. I've told this story before on other shows, so you could go back and match the facts. I'm literally talking to myself. I'm like, listen, I understand you're feeling a certain way right now. Yeah. Let's try it my way for a second. Yeah. I've never really heard this person before. I'm fuck. I, I didn't well, sleep for like four or five days. You know what? I'll say it's like a guardian angel. It is, you know, whether like whatever you believe in, like it's some sort of guardian, like kind of came in and and just was there. Yeah. In that moment. And I said, listen, like I was not sleeping for four or five days. So it was definitely like a a guardian. You were delusional. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm delusional. I thought my drug dealer was like coming to me, like coming after me at one point. No, it's just not happening. I thought I owed people money and shit. This is right. what's going on in your head no. when you don't sleep for like three days. And that's days. what happens when you're manic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, man, like, man, like, oh, my fucking everyone's thinks I'm a piece of shit. I'm ruining everyone's life. And then I one moment I had this moment of clarity. I said, bro, why don't we just try like the mental side of it? Right. Like you're doing all this physical shit. So I went to Lenox Hill Hospital. Uh, I always say Lenox Hill Hospital because I want to give them the just do. They were amazing during the pandemic as well. Yeah. Um, the doctors over at Lenox Hill um, 
shout out to you guys. I went there and I looked like fucking shit. And yeah. this is like the ninth time this week they've seen me. Yeah. And they're just like, oh my God, like this, this kid again. Back yeah. again. <laughs> then I said, I said to them, I said, I looked down. I couldn't even look him in the face again. Embarrassment. I said, I need help. And they were like, what's going on? And I was just like, uh, I just, I'm really having a really hard time. I can't look the doctor in the face. Yeah. And uh, they were like, well, what's going on? I'm still afraid to be like, I'm, I'm having suicidal thoughts. Like right. I can't even say it, it's the you know, because yeah. the embarrassment. And I said, listen, I said, do you guys have a bed? And they were like, well, you know, there's, we can't just give you a bed. We have to talk to you. And they were like, are you suicidal? And I said, I've been having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And then the doctor said, do you want to kill yourself? And I said, an hour ago I did. Yeah. Right. An hour ago I did, wow. but I told myself to come in here. I said, and now I'm starting to be a dick. Cause I just want help. That was yeah, like, can you guys like fucking yeah. help me or not? Yeah. Like stop yeah. asking me questions. And they were like, that's what you want. And I was just, I didn't realize that when you go into a psych ward, you can't get out you until they let you for out for 72 hours. Yeah. No. So I'm just like, so they're talking to me like, yo, you really want to do this? Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. I was like, dude, I feel like I want to kill myself though. And then they were like, okay, that's all you had to say because yeah. they wanted me to Well, they need say, you to say it, of course. But I have to say the, right. the, 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 the bravest thing that I think that you did for your mental health and what I hope that People, you know, you know, whoever is listening right now, like what you can take from this, like that particular story is how the truth is so important, you know, and just yeah, saying really something is. out loud is so important, you know, just being that's able to, bar. yeah, it's, it's like literally like that's brave, you know, bravery yeah. is being able to to speak it out there because also once you say it to the universe, I'm a firm believer in this. Like it doesn't give it power anymore. You know what I mean? Like there's no, no power. So it's like you went in there I and you were like, yeah, like I'm suicidal. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. yes, okay, but but look at you. Because you said it, because you spoke your truth, you're going to be able to get the help that you needed. And Lennox Hill was yeah. the one that was able to talk to the doctors to diagnose you with bipolar disorder? Yeah, so when I got in there, uh, I get in there and my roommate, just like back in the resource room, yep. uh, my, roommate, my roommate was a paranoid schizophrenic, which I am not. And he accused me of stealing his clothes great. every night while I was there. Fun. So, you know, like as a comic, I'm like, this is fucking great. Yeah. You know what I mean? The like material, this is exactly the where material I material that up. I can write. Yeah. Yeah. So this is exactly where the room I would end up in literally. So this is how fucking stupid I am. Right. I'm thinking I'm in the fucking, you know, in the, in the Ritz Carlton. I'm like, Hey, do you guys have like any like single rooms, you know? And the doctor was like, dude, what the fuck? Where you do you think you are? Yeah. So I go to Lenox Hill. I tell them I need to be admitted. I self-admit myself. I'm there for so they put me on a three-day hold, but they the the uh the doctor there kept me for an extra day. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. To help me get insurance. Ah, okay, gotcha. So the gotcha, doctor gotcha. pulled all the strings to help me get insurance and find affordable health care uh wow. and find the assets that I needed to have treatment outside of of no i'll never forget it. i don't want to say his name because no, like no, i say no, like no. a lot of crazy shit no. you know what i mean like in no. terms of like poop and pee no. and titties and sh like you know what i mean i want to let him rock yeah. but 
I, I wrote him a letter like a year and a half ago and uh wow. he uh on email i didn't write it like you know like benjamin franklin but yeah, i wrote him a letter and uh he responded and he was just really happy um but there was like kind of like oh like all right i'm happy that like you're doing well like these people do this stuff every day oh you you, you yeah they are they sacrifice so their life like, for us guy, yeah th this guy is so numb to saving other people's lives yeah that he's going to respond back to this email just be like you know i hope you're doing well i'm happy you're doing okay like yeah. have a good one see you later yeah i was yeah. like he's like i have other people's lives to save yeah you know what i mean like yeah. i already did but it also just puts into perspective like guess what like you're not alone like that that yeah. that that alone is the sign to say like look i'm not alone yeah yeah and um they set me up with uh they said listen when you leave here we're going to discharge you and you're going to go right to this place and have your first one-on-one -on -one therapy session because oh, when that. i was in there uh, when i was in there we did a lot of group you do a lot of group uh, yeah, yeah, group therapy activity. Yeah, yeah. of course yeah. you know what i mean and it was cool though like you know what i'm saying right. like but it's I had not an audience every day i had people cracking up in there uh, yeah you know, i was the one flew know, over the cuckoo's it, nest it that was, was you yeah I it went from the resource room to the fucking psych yeah, ward. So yeah. I was just like, I just, it's just a different venue. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was just like, all right. So I'm having a good time in there. You know, I'm playing Jenga and shit. I'm like, yo, this is fucking awesome. So they sent me out and they said, you're going to go see this, this therapist and do all this stuff. But you know, the hardest part was when I got out of there because I'm used to fucking playing Jenga and connect four for four days right. and fucking painting pictures and talking about my feelings and right. having this release and shit. So I'm like, oh, fuck, bro. Like, I'm back in the real world. Like, like. Life is normal again. I have. Yeah. What do I, how do yeah, I readjust? Like, I have to go back to my old life. I was like, this is fucking terrible. Yep. So then they sent me to um, a, a therapist who I did not get along with. Um, it was like, a, it felt like a, like a, like the puppy mill of therapist. You know yeah, what I mean? It right. was just like, oh yeah, here, uh, 20 milligrams and here, all right, I'll see yeah. you later. Yep. I was like, yo, dude, like I need fucking help, bro. Like, yeah. you know, like this medication takes a little while to start working, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh again, I went through like seven therapists, but I did not give up until I found the right one. No, and I love that. And like, don't give up. I didn't give up. You can't give up no. when it comes to these things. Uh there is no there is no magic pill in my in my sense. It did help me. Like I said, it saved my life, but jokingly i know that i saved my own life when it came down to now i'm gonna put all the fucking work in yeah plus take the medication yeah you know yep. i learned about coping mechanisms and then i also learned that i was dealing with bipolar you know yep. and um it explained a lot of things about what was going on in what my a relief. entire life yeah but, yeah it came full circle and like you said to to say things the clear the clarity that you get Yep. But also to be able to put a finger on something, the clarity with that is right. just like. And it's true, though. I mean, you you when you are able to pinpoint what the problem is and there's a name and there's a solution and there's like, oh, wow, it's not a mystery anymore. When the mystery goes away, yeah. it is such a sense of relief and it's such a beautiful thing. And you really like truthfully like Danny, like you have brought so much to the show today because. I think we can all learn that if we're just truthful and we're honest and we we speak it out to the universe, not only will we be able to find a solution, but we'll be able to to have people help us, you know, and For if sure, we can't do it grows. alone. 
Yeah. That's when you get a team. It's like, it's cool. You get to be like a part a of a team. team again. Yeah. We need a team. And I think that, that people don't realize that they think that they have to do it alone. And like, trust me, I'm one of those people where I'm like, I don't need help. Like I don't need a therapist. I don't need this. I don't need that. Like I can figure out my problems. Like I know how to do this. I'm a perfectionist. Like this is what I do, but no, like you need a fucking team. Yeah. And the thing is too, it's like, for me, uh, going back to just like even like my parting ways, like I'll try anything once. Yeah. So right. why wouldn't I take that same attitude into treatment? You know yeah. what I mean? No. So like when people are like, listen, I'll never go see a therapist. Like I'm never going to do that. I'm like, why don't you try it and then just say you're not going to do it? Like that's what I always say. Yeah. Don't be afraid to try something. Don't be afraid guys. to try it with your podcast. Don't be to try it with your podcast off the cuff. Have you you know found it to be? Because I, I found mine to be very therapeutic, like oh, meeting yeah. it's people. The big, it's the biggest scam. In the, it's the biggest scam in the business. Right? I'm like, hey, come talk about your problems. Here's nine things wrong with me today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's. I think when people can, you know, be able to use each other, and I and I know people say the word use. Use has a very bad connotation to it. Right, right. Um, You're not doing it that way, though. Be, yeah. It, it's when people can like people tend to say like lean it's like no like let's use each other to get over what right. we're going through together right right you know let me use some of the assets that you have and the coping mechanisms that you have and i'll give you some of mine yeah and now yeah. like we're working together like you yeah. know what i mean it's it's like it's like a the, the expression it's like show me somebody uh show me your friends and i'll show you where you're gonna be in 10 years exactly yeah yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I was still hanging out with friends that were doing drugs and shit, like I probably wouldn't be here right now. Sure. No way. No so way. It, it is the company you keep, whether it's friends, family, doctors, you know, you have to try and put yourself in the best position to win. But when you said bring stuff to light and say it now, it's how do we attack it Yeah. instead of letting it attack us? Yeah. How do we attack it? How do we go and take care of ourselves in this situation? Well, and I'll like, say, I, I think want, sharing I stories you, is important, you know? Yeah, because everybody's different. And when it comes to mental health, there's a lot of levity in this shit. Like, there's a lot of times I've Listen, laughed. we have to I laugh. laugh. All the time. Yeah. This has been a really funny like, podcast you know, like, episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like... The stigma with mental health, it's almost like the word stigma is getting stigmatized now, yeah. but it's like the stigma of mental health is that everything has to be fucking sad. Yeah. Like, I want to tell you a story. Like, like, I'll always be to people like, I want to tell you a story that's fucking funny. Yeah. Yes. That's how I am. Like, I want to like bring me, humor to it. Yeah. Like me, like hiding in my closet because like I thought my drug dealer was coming to my house. It's and brilliant. It wasn't happening. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious now that yeah. I think about it. In the moment, it's very dark and sad, but sure. now it's fucking hilarious. Sure, now we can laugh about it. Hiding, yeah, you know, yeah. To ask you my question that I ask everyone on the show before I forget, otherwise yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. forget. Right. What is your emotional support? Oh, my emotional support. Uh, yeah. One is my fiance for sure. Oh. Um, but when she's at work, yes, I have two dogs here, Silvio and Tony. The cutest. Um, obviously, you guys know what show I love. <laughs> Sesame Street. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have my dogs. And like you said, it goes back to just what I do for a living. It's like, you know, um, being able to do this, whether it was five listeners or a million listeners, it's if it changes one person's life, 
selfishly, I kind of live vicariously through that. Right. Um, and I, and like going back to what we talked about earlier in the show, it's, it's, it's something that I've always done, but now I know how to do it for myself too. So instead of wanting to make other people happy, uh, I work together with people on making, uh, just ourselves, our worlds, a better place. So we could try and make the world a better place. You know, uh, as we go on our other journeys as a kid, I was always somebody that would walk by strangers and be like, this person has a completely different set of friends and like parents. Like, have you ever had that moment? I have that, but that's narcissism. That's the Truman show. I'm like, everyone's living in my world. Yes, Yes. (laughs) pretty much. And it's just like, this person has a completely different set of friends and life and interests and shit. But the thing is finding a common ground with people, um, is kind of what I've been. I feel like I've been put on this earth to do is, is make people laugh, but also help people find a common ground and bring people together. Uh, and, either if that's through comedy or talking about mental health or, or your you voice know, trying to figure out however. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's a day to day thing. Um, Every day. And is I think different. it's very important yes. for you to tell yourself that, but also tell your, your partners that too, for those who are in relationships, oh, let I them know, that. like, this is, this is a day to day thing. I'm letting you know, if something happens, don't take it personally. Uh, we all deal with individual issues and individual problems. But the biggest thing is, is communication, whether it's relationship, whether it's work, whether it's with family, uh, vocalizing what you're going through is the, you know, they say the straightest, uh, uh, the fastest way to a point A to point B is a straight line. Yeah. That's what that is. Uh, when, when you vocalize and tell them now it's, instead of doing all of this, we can go straight and try to figure this out together. So you know, just trying to build my own emotional support team and try to add more things to it every day, really, oh, is, what, is what I'm trying to do. And everyone, um, please listen to Off the Cuff. It's awesome. Thank you so much. We did an episode. It was so much fun. I was so honored and, and it was so great to meet you. And Danny, we're going to have to do it. this again because I feel oh, like 100%. you and I chat too much. And we... It, no, but it's, it's the most fun part. It's is, so fun. It's just fun. Like, you know, just have a good time. Enjoy it. Listen, um, we both love to laugh. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think laughter is is a very good coping mechanism for anyone. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's a safe coping mechanism, too. <laughs> <laughs>